1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. <laughs> Ah, good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard as we look back on the busiest of weekends in Scottish football. Rangers fall four points behind after being held at home by Livingston. We got introduced to VAR for the first time with some big calls everywhere, including Celtic's win at Hearts. And it's now on to the small matter of Napoli and Shakhtar in the Champions League. I'm Gordon Duncan and joining me tonight you have Kenny Miller. And Roger Hanna You'll have noticed Gordon I am sitting down I think I'll need all the rest I can get Between 6 o'clock and 8 o'clock After that weekend Celtic A 7 goal thriller At Tynecastle And they got all 3 points Rangers A 90 minute snooze fest At Ibrox And they don't Get all 3 points And then I, I think There was a couple of VAR incidents That the callers Might want to discuss Did I tell you We're on till midnight Did I text you that now Well we could be We could be with a uh... The autopsy, uh, <laughs> uh, both Tynecastle and Ibrox, uh, the the VAR do's and don'ts and good decisions and poor decisions. I think the yeah midnight would be not no long enough, Gordon. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Let's get through it all as quickly as we can. We are on Twitter as well at Clyde SSB. So come on, get in touch and let us know what is on your mind Because quite frankly, I refuse to believe you don't have something on your mind After what must be one of the busiest weekends of league football we've had this season Of course, it was a first league weekend for VAR Undeniably, there were some good calls Undeniably, there were some contentious ones So let's pick our way through those on the phones And you know, in actual football in terms of results and league tables and stuff, Roger Which, which is quite important as well as technology What a huge weekend It could turn out to be In the title race For Rangers going forward For Giovanni Van Bronckhorst For some of the players uh, it, it was quite the afternoon Yeah and Listen Giovanni Van Bronckhorst Isn't, ha- isn't happy Because Round about 1.30 on Saturday Hugh Keevans Categorically assured them That, that Celtic were losing <laughs> yeah. At Tynecastle um, Celtic won 4-3 It was then over to Rangers And After what had been a Poor performance against Dundee in the League Cup in midweek I think it was even poorer against Livingston at the weekend But like the first day of the season, Joel Nubley scoring uh, Rangers tried to come back into the game But in the end it needed a stoppage time goal just to get a point Yeah, Kenny, look, everyone's excited if that's the right word about VAR But that league table looks different to what it did on Friday night and it's not the type of game that Rangers can drop points in without serious questions being asked by fans. Yep, and that is off the back of, like uh, Roger says, uh, yeah, it was a win and a, and a semi-final place gained by that win, but a really poor performance against Dundee. A lot of kind of poor performances domestically. It's, uh, it's, not, it's not looking good. And I think when you look earlier on in that day, there's a point you're thinking, OK, for all the negativity and all the, the, the not-so-good performances domestic, there's maybe a chance, just a chance, that Rangers could have been what with a win going top of the league. You know, Celtic get the job done, and then does put a bit of pressure onto Rangers, and uh, and they never got the result, they never got the performance, uh, and they definitely never got what Giovanni was asking for pre-game, which was an entertaining, energetic performance in three points. Right, let's do this snappy, because, my goodness, those phone lines look busy. Result of the weekend, Roger? Uh, I'm going to go back to Friday night. St Johnson Ooh, okay, yeah. at Easter Road mm-hmm. a 1-0 down came back and a couple of strikers Nicky Clark and Stevie May got the goals big one Kenny 
Listen, I think we'll have to give it to Livingston because they were so close to getting a they were so close to getting a a victory. But it is a good point. But David Martindale probably feel it could have been three goal of the weekend. I was there, Bojan Miofsky. Um mm. The flag went if you up say so. when he dinked it over Liam Kelly, and it was the first VAR decision at Fir Park, and they got it right. A very good one. Glad it was there then. A very well, good one. Glad Jim, the right Jim Goodwin was glad all over. Um, Kenny, goal of the weekend. Your boy, I'll give it to well, McKinstry. Yeah. Park, are we? Okay. I mean, we tried to uh, take a really, really good goal away from him uh, the week before against Rangers with that free <laughs> kick, but this one was a wonderful he touch. this one. He's, uh, he's absolutely plucked out the sky. Wonderful touch and, and great finish uh, from McKinstry. Uh, what's next? Is it, are we on to Howler already? Wow, this could be good. Well, I'll go back to Friday night, actually. Kel McGuinness. Um, like him as a player, it was his first start back in. And he just got caught up in it a little bit. Two yellow cards. I didn't really think either of them was a necessary yellow card. And he left his teammates up against it at 1-0 up and they lose 2-1. Kenny, howler of the weekend. Any VAR decisions yeah, for I'm you? When he threw a VAR one in, I felt the, uh, against a player I know really well, Keanu Bacchus, who had the goal chopped off for St Mirren by a flailing arm 23 seconds but before the ball went into the back of the net. So I thought it was a wrong decision. Irrespective of how long it took, it was really, really good play. Definitely nothing intentional in the arm swing, so I'll, I'll go for that poor VAR decision. Mm. Roger, individual performance of the weekend. Again, I was there to see it. The Duke, for the second oh, week running. Bad, is he? Um, he's showing against Hearts at Petaudry, and then he was really good. And this change to 3-5-2 by Aberdeen, which allows Mayofsky and Duke together up front, has been a masterstroke by Jim Goodwin. Three wins in a week, and they go to Ibrox next. Who caught your eye, Kenny? Again, for me, it's an obvious one. The week before, it was James Forrest coming back, hat trick. This week, Shankland getting a hat trick, coming off the bench for oh, Hearts. That, that was Incre- he? incredible. Was it first hat trick in however many years against Celtic in the league? So, Tell to come him, off Roger. the bench, gone. 37. 37 years. I was going to go 36, it was in my mind, but no, 37. But again, wonderful again. Great nerve as well to stand up and take that penalty again. Okay, 01419511025. What is on your mind tonight, Rangers fans? Where is it all going wrong? Booed off during the week, but you still got through in the cup. Booed off in both halves, I think, at the weekend. You've fallen further behind. The team seemed to be out of form. A lot of you are criticising the manager. Oh, and it's a small matter of one of Europe's most informed teams in just two days' time. So, what do you make of it all? 01419511025. Uh, you can tweet at Clyde SSB. Of course, Tynecastle Celtic fans, how big a win might that be come the end of the season? What about the performances? What about the VAR decisions? St Mirren fans, Kenny thinks you should be unhappy with VAR. Motherwell fans say they're unhappy. It's all happening. 01419511025. Jim's a Rangers fan. First through tonight, Jim. What's happening? Where's it all going wrong? I blame the manager. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of Gio. Um, I've been off him just the last few months. Um, but the reason my call was... Um, I was just saying to the producer boy answer the phone there. A lot, I see a lot of arguments, especially in my group of friends. Um, and I see a lot of it in social media. It's an argument. Who's signing the players for Rangers? Kenny, you, this is probably a question for you, maybe better answer. Sorry, Roger, you're obviously taking his plane. Kenny, I basically don't think that Van Bronckhorst is just getting players landing on his desk and saying, right, that's who you've got to play. A lot of people and a lot of fans are saying, oh, they're Ross Wilson signings, they're Ross Wilson signings. Gio doesn't have any say in that. Surely Kenny, a guy at Van Bronckhorst level and Roy Mackay and Boss, aren't they just getting guys landing in their desk? Right, that's your new left winger, that's your new right winger and so on. Surely Van Bronckhorst and Mackay and that have got a massive say in who's signing for Rangers. 
Well, I would say I have to agree. I, I don't think there's any way. Listen, that role, the sporting director, director of football, whatever way you want to call it, works differently at every football club. But I would be very, very surprised if the responsibility fully fell on the shoulders of Ross Wilson. His job in that role is to have succession plans. So, so when Joe Rebo leaves, or when Bassey leaves, or when Orion Kent leaves, or Alfredo Morelos, or when Al McGregor retires, you need to have the next guys in line. Mm. I would think you'll have a database of numerous amounts of players for each position, and he would present that to the manager, who would have a look, and it would be a collaboration. It's not going to be one guy over another guy, but I do believe mm. that Giovanni and his coaching team will have a big say in who comes through the door. I don't think it would fall it, on the shoulders of one guy. Roger, it's quite a telling point Jim makes because, and he's entitled to do so, there's no mention of a performance against Livy. There's no mention of poor defending or lack of creativity. That results among some other performances is so bad Jim's already looking for where's it going wrong how do Rangers fix this yeah, where do they come back from this to give an example what Kenny's talking about when Calvin Bassey is sold there's obviously going to be a list of three or four or five or six left backs that have the potential to come into the club um, and they've chosen Red Van Yilmaz now if Giovanni Van Bronckhorst when he's looking at this list that's provided to him by the recruitment department headed by Ross Wilson if he doesn't fancy Yilmaz they wouldn't sign Yilmaz They'll go further down until they get somebody that the manager likes. So the recruitment department provide the data, they provide the options, but the managers get a final say on it. Uh, so Jim, I, I guess you're making the point tonight because you think that the manager needs most of the criticism. You, you don't buy into this that it's mostly Ross Wilson's fault. You, you think the manager's got a lot to answer for. Well, yeah, I've had this argument with my mates for weeks and weeks now, and they seem to think it's Ross Wilson that's signing the players. However, Kenny's just confirmed that that's not happening, or he's fair idea that it isn't happening. I just think playing Scott Arfield at right wing when you've got three right wingers, natural right wingers on the bench, was crazy. Um, just some of two defensive midfielders again in the middle of the park against Livingston. He's just, he hates slating the guy when he's got us to Seville and he obviously won the Scottish Cup, but he can't live on his past. This is what's happening just now, and we're falling further and further behind Celtic. The performances are very, very hard to watch. And um, I was up at Dundee with my daughter on and, and Wednesday night, and it was, we left at 75 minutes. It's really, really tough to watch. There's no fast flowing football. The defence is a nightmare. Some of the decisions, the substitutions, his tactics, he's not seeming to change a game, but I, listen, I don't, it's not really nice to see anybody losing their job, but I just feel as if that's the only option that we've got to bring in a fresh face and hopefully get the best out the players. It worked for, it's only a game, but it worked for Villa on Sunday. They won 4 nothing. I'm not saying they're going to go on, and, they're going on a crazy run, but would they have got that result with Gerard there? Probably not. Mm, the whole notion of manager out it always comes from fans first and then maybe pundits or shows like this will, will eventually catch up and agree and or, or say that it is at least a legitimate time to have that discussion is it a legitimate time to have it Kenny or is that <clears throat> is that not upon us yet for you I still don't think it's at that, that moment where again Jim's right you never want to see anybody and when you're in the kind of business or trying to get back into the business you, you never like to see people losing their jobs however the results the performances I think Jim made a really, really good point about the right wing situation. I think it's been an issue for a number of years. Uh, I mean, I think I had a list of nine players that have played that position in the last 16 months, and probably half of them, it's not their position. So uh, it's an area that needs to be addressed. 
I just think as a football club, sometimes the manager's always going to carry the can. That's mm-hmm. just the nature of the beast. But just because you're losing games doesn't mean you're the wrong man. The thing for Gio at the moment is, and he's not losing games apart from Champions League games, but it's the performance level. That's what's not there at the moment because, and I said, I think it might have been on this show last week, if Rangers continue to play the way they're playing, they're going to drop points because they can't just go through like these by. substandard performances and expecting teams just to kind of, or Tolak to take that that chance mm-hmm. that he had been doing up until last week. How bad you know, was the performance at the weekend for you? I mean, Jim's not having it at all. You know, Livingston need to get a lot of credit. They need to get a lot of credit because they defended their box with their life. 73 crosses came into that box on Saturday from left or right, probably equally because it was coming for all angles. And Livingston clearly set up to say, you know what, allow Tavernier, allow Barisic, Kent or Matondo or whoever else is on that right-hand side, allow them to put the ball in because see our centre-backs, see our defenders, our recovering midfielders. We will head that ball and we will mm-hmm. defend our goal. And is they've it, done it incredibly. Is, is there not an argument to say, after 23 of the 73, Rangers should maybe have tried something <laughs> different? Well, I think down to Livingston, they weren't able to go through the centre of the pitch, you know, because they just clogged mm. it up with nine players and Joel Newbley was 30 yards up the pitch. But even at sometimes Newbley was back in also helping. So there's uh, a lot of... Livingston need to, deserve a, need to get a lot of credit for the, for the performance and forcing Rangers yeah. into something that they're actually not that good at. It's been, I mean, Cholak's the only one, really. And then when Lundstrom mm-hmm. arrives, again, that was when they were down to 10 men as well. Yeah. Lundstrom arrives for the two opportunities at the end. Did it feel like a more significant step towards legitimate criticism of the manager, Roger? Because European results have been heavy, but there's always that caveat of, oh, well, do you know what? We're, we're against Europe's elite. And then performances against Motherwell and Dundee were underwhelming, but there was always the caveat of, well, we won those games. Saturday was was none of that. The performance wasn't there, and they didn't win. So that's why the the, compar- uh, the criticism gets ramped up. Yeah, and the criticism's ramped up, and it's a topic for discussion, partly because the manager's made it a topic of discussion. I think in his last three press conferences, he has openly discussed um, the pressure that he's under, um, the requirement to win games, the requirement for the performances to be of a far higher standard than they've been against Livingston, Ordundee, mm-hmm. or Motherwell, and you can park Europe, for, you know, completely. Just domestically, the performances haven't been good enough. The results recently had mm-hmm. been until the weekend, but he is under pressure, and he has admitted publicly that he's under pressure. Thank you, Jim. Jim thinks he's definitely under pressure. He's not having the manager. Stephen, who's a Rangers fan from Bridgewear, how do you feel about the criticism the manager's getting? Where are your team at at the moment? Uh, well, first of all, good evening, guys. Um, I think the criticism, some of the criticism's fair. I think some of the criticism's a wee bit unfair, to be quite honest with you. Um, with, with regards to people losing jobs or whatever. I think was it not halfway through the season Stephen Gerrard left the team and left the left the team in the mire. Um, so I think the 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 call for the call for Giovanni to get sacked or leave or resign or whatever is maybe just a wee tad unfair. Yeah, I uh, think it's round about a year ago actually or we're approaching the year, aren't we? Was it November time? Stephen Gerrard Yeah left? it was but um, I mean you, you look at football now, look at Jack Ross or today look at Tom Courts. Yeah true he's, yeah it's a short shelf life. Um what, what where is it going wrong then, Stephen? You know, if it's too early to be saying that it's all the manager's fault and he must change. I mean, what did you make of the performance on uh, at the weekend? It was just non. The performance was non-existent. To be quite honest with you, they seem to. They seem to. They just. They just seem to be no urgency about the team on Saturday. To be quite honest with you, 
Um, the weather here, I mean, Rogers just said there are 73 Kirkenny, I can't remember who they said, there are 73 crosses went into the box. And quite rightly, quite rightly Rogers turned around and said that maybe after 23 crosses, maybe Rangers should maybe try something different. But I don't know whether that means that maybe Van Bronckhurst tactics, maybe he's not relaying a, relaying a message across to the players to actually go and try something different, or whether it's down to the players on the park to go and try something different. But, but to be honest with you, my, my, main, my main point of the night was about the VAR. Um, now, I don't know how Roger or Kenny feels about this, but they, with, with the introduction of VAR and with it being the first week of the VAR being introduced into Scottish football, do you think it makes referees less inclined to actually give mm-hmm. decisions? And <clears throat> less inclined to give decisions and hope that the, the video referee which is standing at the side of the park will make that decision for them? Because there was a few, a few, a few incidents on Saturday where, there was, I mean, there was, I mean, I've not seen any of the match back then, I've watched highlights around that, but there's a few cries for, Different, you know, different, different decisions that went against Rangers, and different, you know, different, different, different bits of the game that they were asking for decisions to be made by the referee, mm. and he was just wave, waving them away. Well, one, just quick, always... quick, quickly though, Stephen, you got any in mind? Because obviously it's only it's only sort of red cards, penalties, the sort of big ones that you would. Penalties, aye. It was it was penalties, and I know how certain certain group of supporters feel about Rangers getting penalties right enough. But at the end of the day, if it's if there's, a, if there's an infringement in a box and it's fully of a penalty, then surely a, surely it's one of the things that should be checked and should be checked thoroughly. You see, it getting checked in English mm. football quite regularly now. Well, it would be checked if it's a penalty box incident. Yeah. Roger, um, what, how did you think it worked at Ibrox? Because look, we're here till late and we're going to get round as many of them as we can. We're going to do Tynecastle. There was a big one at Ibrox and it saw Livy go down to 10 men. What did you make of it? Um, it's strange. If you look at it chronologically, the referee gives a yellow card initially to Morgan Boyce mm-hmm. for the furling of Fredo Morelos. And it's the VAR who then pulls him to the side and says, go and look, go and look at the screen. Right outcome in the end? I, I, yes. I think if you look at it though, to give the referee the benefit of doubt, when I saw it the first time, I thought it was probably a yellow card. And it's only when you see it again two or three times, and this is maybe, you'll maybe see a few of these because first time round, the referee will maybe just think to me, oh, that's a book, there you go. Mm. And then it's only when you get the benefit of two or three times. And referees ordinarily, before VAR, don't get the benefit of two or three looks at it, Gordon. So I understand why the ref on the pitch gave a yellow, and I understand why the VAR upgraded him. Mm. I thought it was a yellow. I just should have stayed right, yellow. Yeah, I thought he got the right call. So I actually thought that was a VAR decision that went in Rangers' favour, to be honest with you. I can't Stephen actually think of the penalty one or penalty ones that you were you were talking about when I was I sat and watched the game. I can't remember any incident of the penalty. Maybe you can was there not a, there was a what there was a Montano handball, but I mean he kicked it up off his own hand, which yep, means it's not a yep. yeah. other than that. Um yeah. okay. Uh, thank you, Stephen. Let's go mm. and try and squeeze one more in then. David's a Rangers fan as well. Um David, there's a bit of criticism going about for the manager and so on at the moment. How do you feel? Well, I feel that um, what's happening at Ibrox, it, it's not the kind of football that our supporters want to go and see. We're, we're neither cohesive, creative, uh, breaking sweat. Sometimes it's taken a couple of days to get over a halfway line. And that's... Uh, just half a dozen passes. There's too many square passes. There's not enough uh, desire to actually, when I look at the games that uh, this season, there's a reluctance to shoot, you know. Uh, and uh, when we do shoot, it's about 20 feet over a bar. <laughs> I mean, it's interesting, Roger, that we've, we've hit a stage where people are kind of openly questioning Giovanni Van Bronckhurst's playing style. 
to his face I mean when he's at a press conference The only reason you ever get asked about your playing style Is because that's as if you're saying By the way Gio Everyone on social media And everyone who phones in radio shows Thinks that your your style of play is not good enough And he will sit recently Roger and say No we, you know, we want to attack And we want to get people forward And it's not always easy is it even close to happening for him in an attacking the, sense at the, the moment? Word, the word about using, I'm not sure whether David would agree, pedestrian. Um, they are becoming increasingly pedestrian in games. He, I thought it at Fur Park on the Sunday a couple of weeks ago, in D midweek, and Livingston was a case in point again at the weekend. And the manager says he wants to get players forward. He doesn't get them forward nearly quickly enough. But, you know, By the time Rangers get the ball forward and get personnel forward, Livingston were, were sat in the two banks of four and five again. And... Until John Lewis mm-hmm. scored in the stoppage time Livingston looked comfortable Yeah you want, Kenny how much of it then Ever comes from You know the manager's style His his call And how much of it then Is, is players <laughs> taking responsibility Within those moments I know a lot of criticism As you said Was it 73 crosses I don't know very much about tactics The way you guys do But every time I, I, Watching the highlights back When Barisic would get it out there Or Kent would get it I was always sort of looking to see Well What, what else is on Where Where is Tillman Where or can Barisic then go inside? Can you create the? And this is what will really be annoying the Rangers fans. How do Celtic break down teams that, that are sitting and well, making life difficult for them? I'll tell you because they run and they move. Uh, David Putin cohesive. Yep, there's no cohesion to any attack. A ball goes to Ryan Kent who's not playing well, and it's a hope that Ryan Kent goes and does something. The boy will go to Tillman who is kind of. His form's really dipped for his first few appearances at the early season, but then he produced a moment of magic at Fur Park last week to open the scoring. That's what Rangers are waiting for. Celtic, every time they attack, they have forward runs, they have guys. If a, if a defender confronts an attacking Celtic player, there is a move to, uh, into that space that's just been left. And more often than not, it's in the wider areas between Jotas, between McGregors, between Hatatis, between O'Reilly's, Abadas. The movement of Celtic is. I was going to say better it's just there you know it's there. Rangers have a real lack of movement in their attack and that falls into pedestrian it falls into cre- creativity that David says as well there is just something and for me it's twofold now it has to be the manager absolutely has to be on the manager and how you're training your team to attack particularly when you're in Scotland and you know you're going to be facing these mm-hmm. deep blocks. You know you're going to be facing eight, nine, ten men behind the ball. So you now need to have movement. You need to have forward passes to disrupt that back line. Thank you, David. They're both agreeing with the words that you've used. I can see them. They've even written them down. So you obviously did something right. Thank you, David. On the line, 01419511025. VAR, anyone? Anyone want to discuss it? We'll do it next. Get in touch. You are the voice of Scottish football. Call 01419511025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Kenny Miller and Roger Hanna are here. It's 01419511025. Talking all things from the Premiership and beyond at the weekend. Of course, the league table looks a bit different. We've already covered Rangers' performance, criticism of the manager, and I'm sure we'll get back to it. Let's talk VAR with John Paul, who's a Celtic fan. On the line How did you <laughs> I was going to say How did you enjoy The first game with VAR John Paul I don't know if that's the right word Hi gents Thanks for having us on um, Yeah I mean listen Your, your show's going to Be peppered with uh, VAR incidents VAR do's and don'ts tonight Rightly so It's mm-hmm. the first weekend Of Scottish football Having VAR use um, And that's fine we, we can talk about The Michael Smith handball We can talk about the sending off at, at Rangers We can talk about Ricky Lamy not getting a penalty There's all these things We could talk about But the very fact That they are a topic of conversation 
is actually my point because because we're not talking about something which I think is worse than people getting things wrong, whether it's disingenuous, you'll get people that say that, whether it's just incompetency. Hopefully these things, you know, the more scrutiny is put on these decisions, hopefully the more honest they become. But let's look at Bojan Miofsky's goal. Yeah, he's put, he's, he's put through, he scores, the ref raises his flag, it's an offside. They look at VAR, they say, no, that's a goal. Leila Bada went through last that, the other week, the other day there. Leila Bada went through, in the last couple of seconds of the game to make it nice and sweet for us and he scores and no one really knows still whether or not he was actually on or offside and you know if they would have shown it and it was offside I can take that if they'd have shown it and it was onside and it was rightly put you know made it 5-3 fine I'm good with that I am not good with having absolutely no highlights package on any of our terrestrial shows on anything that anyone can watch. There was nothing to, to show us the evidence of whether that was right or wrong. And that is, that is huge. That is massive. We need to be able to see these things. It doesn't matter whether or not it was offside or onside. It matters that we see it and we can believe it and we can put our faith in this system. And without that, what a, what a shocker that is. Well, to be fair, John Paul, it, it does matter if it's offside or onside. I mean, I get, I get the thirst to, to have your own sort of view on it but that incident was checked by VAR they drew the lines they say it's offside do you not trust that? I'm not it just, it just felt like it was papered over uh, I, I want to see it mm. I, you know but why was there no yeah. replay why was there no lines we've got this new technology we're trying to make it nice and you know kind of fancy mm. for everyone was going to go excellent we've got VAR but where is it? I want to see that I want to see that evidence mm. I don't want yeah to. I mean I get, I get that Roger yeah. but ultimately you know VR, VR checked that incident and they drew the lines oh. and it, it was offside he, he, but he, he, hold on just let me finish if you don't mind because it then becomes a broadcaster's decision or it might not even have been a decision it might have been for the most boring reason of all I don't know if they didn't get the right or they couldn't put it on whatever but VR checked it it was offside and it then is really up to Sky or BBC or whoever um, to show that and it, and it didn't but if it was you any problem with that? Well, it's got, I don't have a problem. It's going to become an issue. I, I trust the VAR and the officials that they got it right and Leila Bad is offside. Um, but I can understand why John Paul and Celtic fans want to see mm. those lines. I was at Fur Park on Saturday. Now, Miofsky is through, looked onside to me, put the ball in the net, the flag goes up, no goal, doesn't get to celebrate. The VAR then overturns it and says, no, he was onside. Yeah. And he gets to celebrate. With the flip side, a few minutes later, Duke mm-hmm, Duke, put the ball in it, flag up, and they got it right. Now, the people in the stadium don't get to see the lines. Um, the people in sports scene, when you look at the two of them, didn't get to see the yeah. lines. And I think the problem we have is John Paul and other supporters of other Scottish clubs will be used to watching Match of the Day, they'll be used to watching Super mm-hmm. Sunday, and every time there's one of these offside decisions, you get to see the lines. And it almost feels, you know, we heard Fraser Wisher at two o'clock in the show on Saturday. He was down at Kelly, Kelly Ross County. Six cameras at the game. Compared to, what did Fraser reckon, 12 or 14 at Tynecastle? Compared to maybe 30 for Super Sunday yesterday. But at again, Gordon but I, I, I don't think that's relevant here because that was the televised game. They just, they just didn't, didn't show well, it. Well, maybe they'll, need, they'll learn that they need to show it. Define need. Because their customers, i.e. John Paul, mm. who's watching the game, want to see it. Yeah. I mean, John Paul, as Roger says, if you're in the stadium, you wouldn't see the lines. If it's not a live televised game, you might not see the lines anyway. Can you? Do you think you'll learn to trust it and, and just go with it, or is that going to be tough? 
Well, I mean, if we if we look at some of the other contentious decisions and the people that are making the decisions, you know, in the in the bar assistant room, whatever that might be, and who those people are, you know, if they're getting more decisions right, I mean, make me more inclined to say, you know, what I didn't see the lines, but they're making good calls, and fair enough, you know, as you say, there's there's various reasons why it may or may not have been shown, but you know, you, you look on the basis of that game alone. At the end of that game, I want to see those lines because that was a handball. Ralston's goal should have, should have counted so I'm not in a position at the moment to say yeah I'll take your word for it but not a chance Yeah but VR's diff- uh, offside's different though isn't it because it's objective he's either offside or he's onside the rest are open to interpretation Possibly just my take on it Oh no, I, I mean I get that but it's, ha- it's hard in fact it's not hard it's impossible to com- you know if you're saying that the the fact that the VAR and the ref didn't agree with your take that it was a handball then influences your trust level on offside. That, that is, it is a different thing. It's, it's objective. You're either offside or you're not. It's a good point, but at the same time, there's still a trust level there where the people that are making it, regardless of what the, the situation is, whether it's an offside or whether it's something, as you say, can be subjective, regardless, there's still decisions mm. being made and the rail have been made rightly or wrongly. And the decisions in that game... I felt, and we're not talking about the Celtic penalties that were against, awarded against us, they're absolutely bang on for me, no problem with that. Um, but we're talking about the, the other offences that didn't go away, and I'm not saying it, you know, a Celtic fan didn't go away raging. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm trying to be objective and say, look, that was a handball for me, and, and that was never a foul, you know, that the big jack had did nothing but move around, and some people fell, and it was a foul, it's ridiculous. Yeah, and this just shows you the scale of it all, Kenny, because these are those are good debates, and we will no doubt have those debates for the rest of the night but we've now we've, we've now gone a step further we're a bad as offside VAR checked it but the broad, and, and, and he was offside but the broadcaster that's the didn't, didn't show the lines and now so, people don't trust that I mean that's difficult isn't that, it that's a, that's a whole new realm of, of, of questioning and phoning let's be honest or it's a different but it was offside John Paul have you, have you not seen any footage of that, that to, to, to clarify to you that it actually was offside because it was offside there was a replay played on the on the footage yeah, I was watching. Yeah, John Paul's like, because the Paul Eaton's making is it's the lines that shows you the yeah, last yeah, line. No, 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 I get you that. You saw it for the Shanklin goal and you didn't see it for. No, for no. A so I fully agree mm. with, with that situation. You, you need to see it, but there is no conspiracy going on here. Abada was offside, you know, and he was well offside, and it was clear. So had the lines been shown, you would have seen that. The other ones are completely subjective. The handball, like I'd, there's. 100 people, 50 will say yeah, 50 will say no, you know, so that's one we will continually have week in, week mm. out with the handball scenarios. There, there does need to be consistency because, as John Paul said, Anthony Ralston's goal was chalked off for what's at best a, a mi- minor contact in the box. Friday night, Nicky Clark's goal stands after mm. a similar minor contact in the box yeah. with Ryan Portis. So there's a sort of lack of consistency there now the goal is given for Nicky Clark I'm sure VAR will have had a look if at I, that if I, ask you, if I ask you to make a subjective assessment on an incident and I then ask Kenny Miller to make a subjective assessment on a different incident what what is this fairy tale concept of consistency two different eyes two different incidents but what would you do is How do you, but, but what does I that would, mean I think Kevin Clancy on Friday night there's a minor contact in the box Mm-hmm. He gives the goal, yeah, no, which I'm, I'm not a doubt, good starting I'm not doubting point. Any of this. And then the officials, I've got the time to converse and agree in a decision. I think oh, the yeah, mistake the was made yeah, on sure. Saturday. Blows the whistle too Nick quick. Walsh should have allowed the goal to stand, and then mm. it goes to VAR. And then, by the way, if they want to chalk it off, 
after that, then that is so. up to the yeah. officials. Do so. But I think you need to give the goal in the first instance. And it wasn't a big enough infringement for you. So ultimately, you almost don't even need to worry about the next step of VAR because it's never getting there because Nick Walsh thinks it's a foul. And he gives a foul and he, he blows the whistle too early in, in your mind. Was it a foul? John Paul says no. Would you have let the goal stand? I would probably let the goal yeah. stand because you're going to mind you. Kenny was talking at the top of the show about his howler of the week, Keanu Bacchus's fingernail crashing mm-hmm. the Dundee United player. I'd have let that goal stand, and I think the officials in Friday United Easter Road got it right in letting Nicky Clark's goal stand. It's a contact Kenny, goal. Would you, Not every contact's a foul. The Jack and Marcus one, John Paul says he didn't do very much. Do you, you agree? Would <laughs> yeah, you let I that do, goal stand? I do agree. It's, uh, again, but the decision was made. You know, that was the thing. So it was it was made too early. But, I mean, there would have been a few things to look at mm-hmm. that goal because it was an offside player as well. But it wasn't Ralston. Ralston comes in like a train and, and it's a good goal uh, in my mind because it, it was very, very soft free kick to be given against Jack and Marcus. And by the way, if it hadn't blown the whistle and it had gone to VAR... He might have backed up Nick Walsh Correct. anyway 100%. Because it's subjective uh, Thank you John Paul You've got us going yeah. It's not going to be the last of that I don't suspect What about this handball Let's get stuck right into that one next 0141-951-1025 This is Scottish football's league leader Clyde One Super Scoreboard Roger Hanna and Kenny Miller Are here working hard behind the scenes To extend this show I don't know if it's going to work But my goodness We're just scratching the surface of VAR Let's bring in... Who's been hanging on the longest? Jamie in Alawa. Jamie, VAR, talk to me. That's uh, Telecoupe, mate. No, Alawa. Oh, so, right. oh, sorry. Can't believe we made that mistake. I'll, I'll make sure knuckles are wrapped for that in there, Jamie. Don't you worry. I've got a wee question about VAR, but I'll come to that in a second. But I might be one of the minority people that phones in tonight, Gordon, because I thought uh, the introduction of VAR at the weekend was absolutely fantastic. Uh, for me, I'm being a Celtic fan. I watched the Celtic game. And I was on the edge of my seat uh, for the whole of it. Now, there was two aspects to it. First of all, there was two teams absolutely going ding-dong for it, which I like. But uh, the VAR added an extra bit of excitement for me. A lot of people are talking about, oh, you know, these long waits for decisions and stuff, but that added to the excitement of it. Now, people can sit and have their agendas about the people in the back room doing the VAR and stuff like this. But at the end of the day, if it's going to even bring one or two decisions... Uh, a game uh, for the season uh, and make it better it's going to make the game better overall I thought it was absolutely fantastic I, personally people are going to get it wrong if, if humans are involved whether there's technology involved or whatever all right, humans are infallible there's always going to be some mistakes but you've got to separate this from and we seem to do it up here especially in Scotland is this oh you're, you're one of them or you're one of them there's an agenda here and stuff like that and I thought as a game, uh, the introduction of our, uh, I mean, there was a, there was a two penalties uh, that Hearts got. Uh, the Carter Vickers one, OK, it was a soft one, but I've seen them given. Uh, the Jack and Marcus goal, I kind of agree with the shirt pulling and stuff like that. Uh, my only other point about the game was how good has Greg Taylor been this season? Uh, and... The second part I heard, I was going to ask a question about VAR, and I'm going to put this, is it Roger Hanna that's there yes. for me? Right, well, Roger Hanna, I look at Roger Hanna as a modern-day Bob Crampsey of football, right, with his knowledge, right? Uh, seriously. Now, I'm hoping he'll know this, but there's, there's one thing about VAR that's bugged me, and nobody's ever, ever answered it, and the question I have about it is when the referee goes to the video screen mm-hmm. uh, to check it, all right, is there a time limit that he has to look at it? For example, is there, from the moment he looks at it, is it two minutes, 
and then the screen shuts off because if not, there's an inconsistency there that some games will be put to more scrutiny than others. Mm, Roger, answer the man. Well, Jamie, don't dare phone this show again because <laughs> this is no place for that level of positivity, for, for that level of um, seeing the best in the video assistant. I mean, it was dramatic, wasn't it? Uh, Listen, I tend to agree with a lot of what Jamie's saying. From a purely journalistic mm. point of view, it was fabulous. Loads of storylines, loads of intrigue, loads of controversy. It added to the drama. You wouldn't think Hearts 3, Celtic 4 would need any drama yep. added, but it, it added another layer so of drama. To answer his point, there, there is no time limit. No, is no there? there is no time limit. And I'll tell you why, Jamie, um, why we know this, because and it's going to change work practices for the likes of myself and Gordon <laughs> and Kenny covering games at the weekend, You're because right. David Friel, our colleague, was at St Mirren. Yep. He finished, he delivered his match report. I think before John Lundstrom had actually yeah. scored an equaliser for Rangers. Yeah, it was a good, it was like seven, my, eight minutes my, earlier. My I game think, at Fir Park was still ongoing at that stage mm. as well because we had, had VAR delays, we had five minutes added at the end. There was then the row over whether or not Motherwell should have had a penalty and a VAR review at the end of those five minutes. So th- there is no time limit, Jamie, added on at the end. And I tend to agree with you. And we'll be doing it this show every Monday night, and there'll be Did controversy it? every Monday night, and it just adds to the spectacle and the drama. You're quite right. I went into the weekend, Kenny, just a personal thing, thinking, do you know what? If it takes a bit too long this weekend, but to get them right, then well, I can live with that because hopefully it just gets quicker over time. If we want to be judge and jury on this one weekend. Some of them probably did take a bit too long. Is that fair? You think of the Carter Vickers penalty, for instance? I think they did take a little bit too long, but we've also been a criticism that it was too quick checking the the, the Motherwell penalty incidents as well, that they maybe weren't checked or a bad one. Too checked. right. I'm glad so, you brought no. it up. So, I, listen, I, I do agree. I am not the biggest fan of VAR. I've said it all along. But the one thing's for sure, mm. which we already knew, we were still going to be standing here on a Monday night, Friday night, every night of the week, discussing the decisions yeah. that were got wrong. But... There was a goal given in that game against your team that would have would not have stood yeah. for an offside, and that even if that was the only one that mm-hmm. was got right yeah. over the weekend, and it was a, a good goal that should have been given that did stand that VAR got right. We'll take Tynecastle as well. The encroachment probably not given if, without VAR. So you know, good that it's there. Help helps the the assistant and the ref get that one right. Um, the big one though, Jamie, seemed to be this handball where Celtic denied a penalty for the handball. Yep. Uh, do you know what I'm, I'm, I'm going to say aye all right? and the reason I'm going to say is I, I watched it on the television and what struck me was when Michael Smith had his hand out now forgetting all the bodies and natural positions and stuff like that which I can never ever get my head around what I saw was it was the speed in which he retracted his hand to his left hand side that's what made me think if it had been given a penalty I don't think it was the, the absolute stone war because you can always compare it. Like everybody does, Taylor games and stuff. Uh, to I think some people were comparing it to one of the English games yesterday, where there was a similar incident. It can't escapes me which one it is. Yeah, I think Roger knows. Roger, I think we could do a two-hour phone in on this one handball alone because it goes back to that subjective thing. You can be adamant that that hand is too far outstretched. Yeah, with Nick Walsh and Stephen McLean. It got looked at They don't think it was So yeah. <laughs> Go on What's you, your take on you, it Would you, you have given a penalty you, you'd lo- Yeah 
yeah. you would have. But I would also so give a penalty in the game Jamie talks about yesterday. Tottenham, Newcastle. I thought Emerson Royal handled in the box. Tottenham defender. I'd have given a penalty a yeah. fortnight ago. Arsenal, Liverpool. I thought Gabriel handled mm. in the box as well. Um, and that, and just very quickly, that's why I had a slight chuckle to myself when Dermot Gallagher popped up on Sky Sports News today. He looked at the Michael Smith one and he said, "Yeah, that would have been given in the English Premier League and in Scotland. Maybe look at these things differently." I had a bigger chuckle when a colleague in the office this morning shouted to me Dermot Desmond's in Sky talking about a Celtic <laughs> penalty I dashed to the television to realise it was actually Dermot Gallagher So anyway, you think that was a handball Give us your thinking as to, to why and elaborate Because it's in the penalty ball <laughs> and he handles the ball It's as simple as that Yeah, but apparently not though For, no, I, I, for, listen, for Nick bit, Walsh or Stephen McLean I'm being for... a bit flippant I would love yeah, I heard even Pep, was it Pep Guardiola said last week I don't know what the handball mm. rule is anymore uh, I would love a Nick Walsh or a Kevin Clancy or a Wally Collum to come on to the show yeah. one night and explain to us what, the, I, you know, when they look at something like that, and let's take away Michael Smith, you know, if it was an Emerson Royal, if it was a Gabriel, mm. if it was a Connor Goldson in Europe earlier on in the season in Belgium, right. why are those decisions taken either to give a penalty or not to give a penalty? Kenny, should it have been a penalty to Celtic? No, I don't think it was. I don't think he made. A, I don't think his hands were too far out away from his body. So, I think so they were out, a, but not far. I think enough. it was a fairly natural position. I think it's really unnatural if you're standing with your hands glued to your your thighs. You know. So I think he was in an active body position. Listen, he's defending a Celtic attacker in the box. He needs to have an active body position. His hands need to be ready for him to move. If you move, you can't move. I think he moves his arms. hand towards the ball. I don't. Right, I Roger. Really don't. You mean you? You gave me the very sarcastic reply. What well, is that? So tell why is Kenny Miller wrong? No, I, I was being sarcastic. I, I actually do think it was a penalty, but uh, like, no, but why like, though? That's what but, I mean. But, what bit of Kenny's explanation is wrong? No, I, I understand what Kenny means, but it, it, all these things are going to be subjective. He, he didn't have his hands glued to the side. Kenny's explained why he didn't have his hands glued to the side. But I think if a hand's in that position, the defender is running the risk. However, so you think I'm, you I'm, think so? Kenny thinks his hand wasn't far enough out, but you you do ultimately. But, but what, what I was about to say was. I, and this is why I'd like a, a Nick Walsh or a Kevin Clancy to come on one night I quite clearly am wrong Because Michael Smith, Emerson Royale, uh, Gabriel of Arsenal, Connor Goldson That's four handball incidents in penalty areas I've disagreed with all four mm. decisions So I would, like, I would like an official to explain to us Exactly how this handball rule works and nowadays it's really boring to go back to the issue of subjectivity And uh, was it? Jamie said I mean forget unnatural position And all that But you can't really Because that's the, that's the test That the referee's going through In his head And the VAR I'll try and quickly do the rule So It's about Do you touch the ball With your hand or arm When it's made the body Unnaturally bigger Roger says yes And you say no On the exact same incident A player is considered To have made their body Unnaturally bigger When the position Of their hand or arm Is not a consequence of Or justifiable by The player's body movement For that specific Situation. So you know if you're if you're turning to run, you're bound to outstretch an arm. If you're diving to block a cross, the arm bound to move a bit. I, I guess that's what that bit means. But I've just read the exact same explanation. You don't think it was a penalty. Roger does. Nick Walsh and Stephen McLean don't. Lots of pundits in the TV over the weekend did. Some other pundits didn't. Has anything changed? I mean, VAR means we get more of a look at it. It just seems like that's just... Where's producer Callum? Get him to get Will Willie Callum in the phone. Mm. Get him in here. No, I know, Willie, get something else. He needs to tell us. What about Daz could mm. get Andrew Dallas but Again, in, Again, I'm sorry to, to dampen your, your great idea. Is Andrew Dallas still looking at the Ripper <laughs> Army? <laughs> we did it pretty quickly at the weekend. Um, that's another issue. 
But again One referee obviously thinks That Michael Smith's hand is Far enough out of his body And another doesn't So I I, I don't know what type of explanation Is out there that's going to satisfy everyone There isn't one Which is why That's why we're still going to be dealing With these t- types of situations On red cards Was it red or was that a yellow Was that a penalty Was it not We're still going to be dealing with it That's why the ones, uh, Of course it is And it's always going mm-hmm. to be like that the, the good thing about VAR is It's taking away things that are Like you've said Offsides, encroachments, yeah. all this thing. There's no question in this. You know, there's absolutely no question. It's nailed on. You're offside or you're not. There was encroachment or, or, or there wasn't. The the subjectivity, the decisions that were were, were going on. Like you say, I've, I've, I've spoke to a referee over the weekend who says it's not a, a red card for uh, boys, for Livingston. So he looked at it and he thought, no, I, 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 I think the yellow's good. I think the original decision is fair. You know, so like that's referees. You've got pundits, you've got managers that are going to be doing their head in with, with the decisions. Mm. I mean, you could even see Ange get a wee bit animated when that penalty wasn't given. He said, you should have had a penalty, what do I know? Two or minutes after, after it, just conceding yeah. the penalty through a bad decision. So, you know, there is going to be a lot of that. Well, but of you, course, know what? you know what's going to happen now, don't you? Ange says, not a penalty all season. The only penalties we get in training at Lennoxtown. You know what's going to happen at Livy on Sunday, don't you? Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the Scottish slash football. Right, it's beat the pundit time, which means we hopefully don't have to mention subjectivity or unnatural body position. If your bodies are in an unnatural position doing beat the pundit, something's gone seriously wrong. It's a point deducted. 01419511025. You need to get your call in before seven. Uh, we'll play beat the pundit. Oh, and plenty more VAR discussion afterwards. I'm certain of it. Headlines 01419511025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Kenny Miller and Roger Hanna are here. Trust me, they've spent the last couple of minutes poring over every single VAR call from the weekend. They're all clued up if you want to test their knowledge. Is that right? Is that fair? Yes. No. <laughs> well, we'll get to we'll get back to that after we do this. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the Scottish slash football. By the way, see if you want to try something really out there, really wacky and crazy, and talk about like how good your team were or how bad your team were and goals that were scored and tactics and stuff like that. F- feel free. I thought you were going to say for another station. <laughs> <laughs> this is not the place. <laughs> ah, we can do it all. I'm certain of it. 01419511025. Beat the pundit first with Martin uh, in Stewarton. How's it going, Martin? Okay, guys. How are you doing? Yeah, not bad. Were you a fan of VAR at the weekend, Martin? Uh, well, wait. The caller called from Telecutri earlier on, uh, the Celtic fan, it was, it was exciting to watch. You know, it was, it was decided, bad decisions, good decisions. It was just a, uh, it was just fun to watch. To be fair, and I'm leaving myself to your Hearts fan, so uh, I watched it and I was like up and down, up and down. But uh, you'll get that. I mean, it's like refereeing decisions. There'll be good and bad decisions. People will be happy. People will not be happy with it. Yeah, a bit too sensible, I think, Martin. To be quite honest with you, but uh, thanks nevertheless. Heads it is Roger Hanna. Tails it will be Kenny Miller. Roger Hanna reeling from a rare loss last week. Is that right? You got oh, over it yet? No. What a tiebreaker it was, you just, though. You just need to get back in the horse. Exactly. Hey, let's see how it goes then. It is tails tonight, so it's Kenny Miller anyway, up against Martin from Stuart and So we'll give you Clyde 2, Kenny, nice and loud so that he can't hear us. Martin, 30 seconds. You answer as many as you can and pass if you don't know, okay? Okay. Right, top man, 30 seconds then going on the clock, and it starts now. If I 
Which current Rangers player has the most international caps at 140? Stephen Davis. Which MLS side did Celtic sell Patrick Clamalla to? Uh, Colorado Rapids. Which club did Colin Hendry win the English Premier League with? Blackburn. Name the only championship side to win by more than one goal at the weekend in Scotland. Oh, uh, breaking city. Tam Courts was sacked today by a team in which European country? Uh, How many Scottish clubs was Lee Johnson with as a player? Three A couple of tricky ones in there Let's bring back Kenny Kenny, have you got us? Yep Good, let's go, shall we? Let's do it Which current Rangers player has the most international caps at 140? Stephen Davis Which MLS side did Celtic sell Patrick Clamalla to? Philly Which club did Colin Hendry win the English Premier League with? Name the only championship side to win by more than one goal at the weekend in Scotland Oh, Queen's Park Tam Courts was sacked today by a team in which country? Hungary How many Scottish clubs was Lee Johnson with as a player? Two And who was the co-manager of Ross County with Stuart Kettlewell? Stephen Ferguson Okay Have you done enough, Martin? I don't think so I think, that, I think the man's beat me mm. You <laughs> both get Stephen Davis One each Neither of you got New York Red Bulls for Patrick Clamalla You both got Colin Hendry, Blackburn So it's not a bad game so far Kenny eventually dug this one out though Martin You've given Breakin about four promotions there uh, They're in the Highland <laughs> League these days It was Queen's Park What a win that was by the way Roger yeah, Hanna Yeah terrific 4-0 against Partick at Fur Hill yeah. I don't think many people saw that coming Yeah Premiership bias Maybe you two should have gone for that as your result of the weekend uh, Tam Courts was sacked by a team today in Hungary So Kenny stretches his lead to two It's looking tough here Martin uh, Lee Johnson was with Hearts He was with Kilmarnock and that was it Kenny's just stretching his legs here He's pulling off into the distance uh, And Stuart Kettlewell's co-manager Was Stephen Ferguson So a 3-6-2 a win For Kenny Miller Unlucky Martin Well done uh, Can I just ask Kenny To get to give a shout To my cousin And his wee boy uh, Michelle in Rio Alright Michelle in Rio How are you doing? Here we Feel go. like George Vimey tonight Your mother GBX <laughs> Brilliant Michelle in Rio you've met Michelle in Rio Brilliant have they, has he met them? You've has met he? Met them anyway. Ah, you met them. My uh, my cousin's wee boy was it was uh, the youngest Ranger season ticket holder, and they, when his first game, when he, when he was old enough to go, Kenny Miller met him and gave him a pair of his boots. Oh, yeah. Brilliant! There what we go. Yeah. Oh, you're so generous. <laughs> Thank you, Martin. Not the performance, not the result you were looking for, but you got there. Uh, we we done it in the end, and Kenny Miller moves on with another victory. So oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Chris is a Celtic fan on the line. Have you got VAR on your mind by any chance, Chris? I do, mate. I do. Now, I watched both Glasgow sides over the weekend. I watched Celtic, obviously, and Rangers. Now, both now both clubs, both games had decisions in them which, um, which went against them. Now, Celtic obviously got denied a stonewall penalty. There's no doubt that it was a stonewaller. Then, in the Rangers game... There was the red card. There was a yellow that got then turned to a red. But over the weekend, I actually thought VAR was okay. I don't think it was... There's, there's going to be, every week, there's going to be one decision, two decisions, where everyone goes, oh, that was wrong, that was right, with technology. Oh, when I saw the first Hearts penalty, the one, the Carter Vickers one, in real time, I said penalty kick straight away. I thought it was a penalty kick. So... I mean, now we've got technology, what was supposed to what, get every single decision right. 
refereeing subjective. If if refereeing was objective, why would we have a referee? We would just get you know the fans to pick every week. <laughs> well, I don't know how that would work. Um, this is making me feel a bit uneasy. I think as a third caller that actually thinks, you know what, VR was all right. Been too hard on it. I actually think it was all right as well, and I'm not even a fan. Brilliant. There we go then. Maybe maybe social media just shouts louder. Because if you had a look on there, you'd think it was a bin fire at the weekend, Roger Hanna. Yeah, um, a few managers were shouting loud as well. You know, Stephen Hamill unhappy at uh, the non-award of a penalty by VAR at mm-hmm. the end of the, the game against Aberdeen. Um, the moment or two in the touchline, Ange Postecoglou was uncharacteristically animated mm-hmm. by some of the decisions given by VAR. So but see, even at that, you're right, because he set the bar so low. But even at that, he put his head in his hands. You know, It didn't cause him to... To run and point in the fourth official. No, listen, he didn't phone the open line at five fifteen. Yeah, it's not the end of the world, is it? Yeah, no, it's not the end of the world. But uh, I, I think Van's good. I think Van's a good development, and it is you know this is football in twenty twenty two. You need advancements in the game. There have been a lot of tactical advancements, equipment advancements, pitch advancements. This is a technological advancement mm. that um, a lot of other countries have had before us. We've watched from afar and looked at all their teething troubles. And there are always going to be a few teething troubles. Ian Maxwell flagged it up a week or two ago. said it could take three months to iron some of these teething troubles out. I think, if you look back over the first weekend, I didn't think it was too bad. Um, Chris, what about this handball, though? That seems to be the main, if you can call it that. If there was if there was one debate that seems to be bigger than the other, um, it probably was the, the handball, Michael Smith, where your team denied a, a clear penalty. I thought it was a penalty kick, and that's not just because I'm a, I'm a Celtic fan. I think if it'd been at the other end and it had been, you know, Jens on Janelli or whatever, I would probably have said the same thing. I think yeah, that the hand's out and then he moves it back behind his back. I just, I mean, it's the same if it had been at Ibrox and it had been, you know, Ben Davies on Newplay or Kolak on uh, Oberlei, whatever. I would still be saying penalty kick. I think this, I mean. What's the rule? I mean, unnatural. Well, you have to de- then define unnatural because, you know, it's like when you used to jump with your arms up, you can't physically do it unless you raise your arms. It's, I think refereeing is a subjective thing. And I just think that over, over, the, over the course of the rest of the season, we're going to have it two, two or three times a week. Fans going, oh, my team got died apparently, or oh, that goal was offside, or, you know, whatever. I, I think... Oh, I think VAR will take time. We'll never get every single decision right, but as long as we're getting the majority of them right, then that's the main thing. I think particularly handball. I don't expect people to calm down about it, Kenny, because if it affects your team, it affects your team, and that's that's our currency. I hope people phone in and are angry about it. But before VAR, it was contentious. It's now equally more so contentious with VAR. As Roger said, we're we're great for this, where we... Come Saturday afternoon We put ourselves in our own wee bubble And we tell ourselves that Only here would that type of mistake And I put that in quotation marks Be made Yet Watch international football Watch European football Watch English Premier League football Nobody Can reach a consensus on a handball With VAR Without VAR At any level So I'm not sure Where we go from here Just strap yourself in basically Yep and just By the way forget VAR when it comes to a handball because it's going to be down to the guys that are looking at it we in the studio right now both myself and Roger disagree on that on, on whether it was a penalty or not a penalty uh, you've not gave your opinion again I don't know if you're allowed to give your opinion but we've got 
I'm above opinions Of course I tie myself <laughs> in knots Because I try and see Every side of it And I change my mind About well, 50 well, times Well the reality is We're always going to have this And we knew this Coming into it It's the same with the red cards Or the yellow yeah. cards Like I, I actually don't think It was Roger I think it was a red card uh, uh, Livingston uh, Boys on, on Morelos So you're always going to have this When it's the, the subjective decisions That the referees are looking at They need to make a decision And they're going to make it One way or the other People, other different people seeing the same incident will see different things and we're always going to have that mm. which is why it's great because, but like we say the things that are, are objective they need to be right and they're going to be right see as a player then is it are the rules making players evolve um, I, you know people say what's Michael Smith supposed to do where's he supposed to put his hand and other people say well don't move it towards the ball and all that sort of stuff you've seen some defenders, Virgil van Dijk, got a bit of criticism for it. You know, they're tucking their hands behind their back. You've then got, you know, are we at a stage yet where you as a striker, do you think you would try flick it up and, and, and see if it, if it hits an arm and, you know, and, and take that chance? Well, you know what, that's, that's where we're getting to. You know, we're getting to that moment now where someone suggested that over the weekend, that in that situation where as an attacking player and you've got a, a defender in front of you squared up in the box, there might not be too much on for you. You might not fancy going out on one v one. Well, we just flick into that area of the, of the hand in the midriff area and see if you got a, and you're going to get a decision because mm. VAR's going to have to look at it one way or another. You know, that's for me. That's a bit of a, yeah. a cynical kind of way of thinking. Wait, wait. But uh, for me, I don't think see the hand behind the back. That's been going on for a long time now. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, just so that's bottom. unnatural for me. You know, really yeah. unnatural. You don't run with your hands behind your back. That's why this unnatural, natural uh, terminology is just nonsense. That's why. That's why though they did evolve it a bit. And uh, I'm not, I don't want to keep reading all the rule. It's a bit dull. But just that that sentence, Roger. That's why they tried to evolve it and talk about it's unnatural in terms of a consequence or justifiable by the player's body movements. Ultimately, if you run at me, let's leave it right, two dump ones like us. We're not professionals. You run at me. You flick the ball up sort of waist height to my left. I then turn to run to my left. I'm bound to stick out my hand a little bit. And maybe I get allowed that now. Is that is that what the rule means? I, I love this notion about strikers and wingers trying to hit the defender's <laughs> hand. We've got a league full of strikers that can't hit the net. How are they going to hit something the size of a hand? Not from half a yard away. You give it a bash. You're, you're just flicking into an area. See, when you try to hit that goal, you're just putting it in an area. The, the hand might then instinctively move towards it. Right, I'm, t- I'm getting confused here. Um, Colin, well, line is, that wasn't a penalty, all right, that's it. Oh yeah, that'll, that'll, that'll satisfy everybody. Um, and this is a man who played with Celtic, you'll know. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, I'm sure of that, that'll go down well as well. Uh, Colin is a St Mirren fan, I could just sense it, Colin, you were hanging on the line, uh, as the previous caller said, that there was only one decision wrong at the weekend, you're going to take issue with that, surely? Yes, yes, I am, good evening, <laughs> thanks Thanks for taking my call. Pleasure. The the issue was the the Simon game and Kenny Miller. That was his howler of the week. Mm-hmm. I thought the referee uh, in a good open game. It was kind of spirited. There was only two yellow cards. There was a lot of more old fashioned shoulder charges, a wee bit of uh, scrapping for for balls and things. And that's what happened to Bacchus at the halfway line. The two players were scrapping for the ball. Probably took a good five seconds. Each of them getting a shot over the ball, and then Bacchus managed to break free and may well have used his arm, but there was lots of pushing and shoving. 23 seconds later, and probably four or five passes, St. Murn scored. And my point is 
if it's taken that amount of time and the referee is refereeing the game in a certain way and the players are all used to it, they understand what's being allowed and what isn't being allowed, what's a free kick and what isn't. Everybody played on. Nobody from Dundee United complained. We scored a goal and then we wait and wait and wait until there's a decision. I fear if we're going to try and overrule referees at that level when he's deciding that's a free kick and I'm standing five yards away, then we're going down a very, very slippery road. Uh, yeah, Roger, do you back Kenny up? You think that St Mirren goal should have stood? 100% it should have stood, yeah. As we said earlier on, it's a contact sport. Not every mm-hmm. contact is a foul. There is no way Keanu Bacchus intended that contact with his hand. He burst forward and 23 seconds later, Jonah Young had the ball in the back of the Dundee United net. It's a goal all day long. Mm-hmm. So just based on the the level of contact or lack of... Because I, I, what, did, I, what did Stephen Robinson describe mm, it as? A fingernail, fingernail yeah. I think but, he said. But Colin's talking about a couple of different things there. So firstly, is it a foul at all, regardless of where and when it happens? And you two are saying no. So ultimately that, that's the case closed. The other thing, Colin speaks about, I thought it was 20 seconds. Colin says it's 23. We won't, we won't argue about that. Um, and how many passes this w- this is a good learning one for us if we're going to get on board with what VAR does because it's probably the only one at the weekend APP where you really need to consider what the APP was Kenny Miller okay I'm getting educated right, right now then. the attacking phase of play okay. so okay. I, I know it's frustrating but the length of time in seconds is not relevant the number of passes made is not relevant where St Mirren on the same attack when they scored as to when Bacchus uh, apparently you know, caused that foul. Now, this one is quite a debate because Dundee United do touch it, but it's not a sort of deliberate taking control of the ball. There's a nick on it, it goes straight back to St Mirren. They continue that same attack. So that's why they, bre- they bring it back that far to look at it. Basically, once St Mirren go on the attack, the VAR and the assistant VAR will be saying something along the lines of, that's APP, that's the attacking phase of play Started Now none of this matters Because you don't think it was a foul But that's just to answer Colin's specific part About you know how far you take it back and, and whether that's appropriate What do you make of that side of it? Is that going to take a bit of getting used to? No it's not Because I think that's That's pretty, pretty straightforward It doesn't matter Like you say There could be a 30 pass move That was started for the goalkeeper That yeah. was a foul somewhere Don't, don't get me wrong I think that, I'm going to stop using the word We, can't, we need a new word Opinion based Subjectivity is boring Eventually, you know, if they, I think, if they were to go all the way back to the keeper and sort of recycle it that way, then you, you probably do need to make a judgment call. Yeah, it maybe becomes. I think if you know football, you know it's a different attack. Yeah, you know that's yeah. happened. It's that that attack died. It's no really worked. Mm-hmm. So we've went back and we've, we've restarted. That's a completely different attack. But again, that's where you're you're really relying on. Mm-hmm. That's that's a referee having now probably have a bit of common sense. Yeah, you know, and maybe it's maybe out with the rules. Yeah. So again, I don't know. I don't know what would happen on that. I suppose the other, the most annoying phrase associated with this, Colin, because you've seen it down south and for years now is, you know, clear and obvious error. I mean, even if you think and you don't, but even if you think that was a mistake, was it was it enough to to, to prevent that goal? No, no, and I think the point, Gordon, is that um, you weren't there, you didn't see the referee, how he refereed the game, he was allowing a certain level of contact, so the players get used to it, and Kenny's a a past professional, he knows the story, some referees are very hard and yellow card comes out early, that wasn't the case, he allowed the game to flow, it was a fast open game, I thoroughly enjoyed it, 
But there was instances where folk clashed and fell over and he just played on and that was the way that the players accepted it. And the Dundee United players didn't create a fuss about Bacchus at the time. But then, I I get get that, but Roger, that then is nothing to do with Scottish football's implementation of VAR, just generally. Part of the problem with it is its very being is sometimes when it's a goal, because you analyse a goal, you know, Colin's talking about maybe clashes in midfield or whatever, they're never getting analysed. Unfortunately, you sometimes get the feeling they're looking for reasons to not yeah, give yeah, the goal yeah. because the spotlight goes on. Those incidents, I, I take Colin's point about you know the kind of tone of the game and what was allowed to go. But once you then get a goal, is it, is it human nature, Thomas? Right, oh right, we need, we really need to make well, sure yeah, there's nothing yeah, in the lead up. Colin here. makes a good point about the way referees referee the game. Look at Anthony Taylor in that Liverpool Man City game a week past yesterday. Let almost everything go. And then when City score, it gets pulled back for a foul mm-hmm. by Erling Haaland that had probably been in keeping with the way the game was being managed. So that's my point. But Once because, the focus be- goes on. Because there's a goal involved. Yeah. Oh, no, we can't give yeah. that. And uh, uh, Colin's probably right about the weekend, the way the referee let the game flow. I didn't think it was a clear and obvious error. I didn't think it was a foul. Anyway, I think that was one of the bigger errors. The referee gave the goal initially, didn't he? So the ref in the pitch is happy with it. Mm-hmm. I thought that was one of the, the the poorer implementations of VAR over the weekend. A good win though, Colin. Level on points in fourth. I'm sure you'll be delighted with that. Absolutely, third, sorry, I should say. Absolutely. Yeah, I think yeah, there's a clear and obvious way that we're playing. Yeah. And <laughs> the fans are enjoying it because we've got a settled team and fortunately no injuries. And it's more or less the same guys that are going out each week. So more consistent. Solid. Much more enjoying it, for sure. Absolutely. Curtis Main's on fire at the moment. Thank you to Colin. Keep your calls coming. It's a good time to get in touch. We'll try and speak to you next. Taking your calls on Scottish football. 0141-951-1025. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Kenny Miller and Roger Hanna are here on the line. Uh, we've got Mark, I think, who's waiting to get through. We'll try and speak to him very soon indeed. I can see Paul and others phoning, so keep the calls coming. As I said, if you've got this wild notion of talking about your team's performance at the weekend, aside from VAR, it would be nice to do that as well. Let me quickly give you this teaser sent in by Stephen, who wants to know if you can name the... I think it's five from each, so the last ten Rangers and Celtic non-Scots to score a goal against a top five league opponent. So, you know, shouldn't need me to explain it, but can you name the... The most recent Rangers and Celtic players, non-Scots, to score a goal against Italian, French, Spanish, German or English opposition. A top five league, if you like, non-Scots. Morelos? Um, no. No. Arfield? Against? Liverpool. There we are, exactly. And you, obviously football nationality, he's a Canadian. Listen in Bailey? Um No, would you believe? Oh, so it must be more recent than that. Well... Which one are you thinking? Man City At Celtic Park What happened when they went to the Etihad? After that Gordon I can't remember what I had for my lunch Roger behave you remember everything Don't give us it Edard? Nope Uh, Well I mean I'll give you that Not for the English one But he did it against AC Milan So that's your Italian What what did you say again? Edward Edward Ah right okay He did it against AC Milan Your Celtic one Against Italian opposition so it's, you know, it's, the, it's the five leagues for each Celtic and Rangers If that makes any sense whatsoever By the way the questions don't need to be as tough as that Stephen sent it to fulltime at Clyde1.com uh, Please do send them in 
anymore for any more at the moment. Edu, was it that far back? Uh, Valencia. I mean, in theory, yeah, and no, for the Spanish one, no, for Rangers. Ah, oh, right, okay. Maybe think right. Rangers have played a lot of top Noble. opposition. No. Yes, against oh, Livorno, oh, two thousand and six. That's the last Rangers player to score against. A non-Scot score what? against the Italian opposition. Where about Joe Aribo? Yeah, against Frankfurt. Yeah, in case you had forgotten. Okay, we'll leave it there. Full time at Clyde1.com to send your questions. Uh, Mark is a Celtic fan on the line. Mark, I'm sure you'll have VR on your mind. Indulge me for a minute or two. What about the actual game and the performance and the fact that your team got a really good result? I think it was a champion performance by Celtic. I felt like going behind after going in front, then coming back. Was a second penalty and then win the match. That shows what Celtic are made mm. of, and I think it doesn't spell good things for the rest of the league when we can go to Tynecastle mm. and do that. Yeah, what do you make of that, Roger? Cause I, again, I'm all for embracing the drama and even more talking points for us, but we've not really spoken about how important a win that could be for Celtic, and it's half past seven. So hopefully that doesn't continue always throughout the season. What did you make of the football match? If Celtic retain the league title Gordon I think we'll look back on last week at Perth and this week at Tynecastle as being a crucial few days for Celtic because when Alec Mitchell equalised for St Johnson in the 93rd or 94th mm-hmm. minute Celtic looked certainties to drop two points and they go up the other end and Jorgis Giacomakis gets a winner at the weekend and it was only getting on at 6 o'clock talking about Hugh Saying the game was over, he could categorically say Hearts would win the game. But there were spells in the game at 2 1 to Hearts, and then at 3 3 after the second retaking penalty, when it looked as if Celtic were going to drop points. And Greg Taylor, a substitute left back, pops up with a winner. So those are two results that can make all the difference in a title race. And it, it sounds ridiculous talking about a title race when we're still in the month of October. But I, I think those two wins for mm. Celtic. On the road in difficult circumstances against decent opposition, they're huge. Yeah, but the whole point of it, Kenny, would be if you were if you were a Rangers fan, certainly, and maybe even most neutrals, you're not really looking at a weekend where Celtic go to Tynecastle and Rangers host Livy as being a weekend where Celtic stretch the lead, are you? Absolutely not. And uh, I said earlier in the show, at one point you're thinking for all the negativity surrounding the Rangers' performance, there could be an opportunity to beat Livingston at Ibrox and you go top of the league. I mean, obviously when Hearts were winning at the time at uh, Tynecastle. So, uh, yeah, it was for anybody connected with Rangers, it's a really, really disappointing weekend. Again, there's only certain things you can control. You can't control Celtic's performance at Tynecastle and it was a really, really good performance. Brilliant game and Hearts played their part to that. You can control your own performance and your own results and that's where Giovanni's focus will be completely on at the moment. They said it before the game, he said it after the game. He's going to have to find a way to get more out of this team to give them a more energetic, uh, entertaining uh, style of football uh, and after Saturday, the results need to come back as well. Um, I mean, Mark, the, the Greg Taylor one is incredible, isn't it? I, I think... It's a bit early to be talking about player of the year I'm not going there What I'm saying is he's, he's got to have been one of Celtic's best players so far this season And maybe people wouldn't have expected that Oh he's been so consistent And I go as far as to say I don't think Ange Postecoglou thought Bernabe was going to be a second choice Not only a second choice He's, he's far he's far and away the second choice Greg Taylor's just as much a, a mainstay for me in that defence as Carter Vickers is I'm not saying he's, he's, he's 
he's an, he's an important as Carter Vickers, but when it comes to like, his position, he's he's solid in that position. You know, he's he's always been a good defender for me. I think he's always been pretty solid. Um, you know, marking his man, he doesn't get lost very often. But going forward, his games improved so much under Lennon. Um, his first instinct was to go backwards, backwards with the ball. But under Angie's, he's had to adapt or adapt or die. But he's adapted very well. He overlaps really well. His crossing's getting better, and I couldn't be any more happier for that guy to get his goal. I know he scored it against Rangers at Hamden, but you kind of forget about them when he he lose the match. But mm-hmm. No, no, I'll just agree with Kenny. I thought it was a fantastic weekend. I hope Kenny enjoyed that. Oh, match. Kenny loved that. He was, he was just telling what us a how great it was. Weekend in the BT score. Um, I thought the results were not the great. The, uh, I mean, Greg Taylor, Roger, how would you sum him up? Well, Greg Taylor had the toughest job at Celtic Park. Greg Taylor was a guy who was asked to fill Kieran Tierney's boots. And to be fair, Celtic had brought in Roberto Carlos at that stage, and some supporters would have thought he was inferior to Kieran Tierney. Bit old so, now, though, isn't he? Well, possibly. Uh, whoever came in to do that job was in a hiding to nothing. And I think it says a lot about Greg Taylor that he's won over all of the Celtic fans. And it also says a lot about Greg Taylor and the way he's regarded within the current regime. I think you pointed out that show that despite having the armband, Cameron Carter-Vickers doesn't really take charge of the huddle. And it was Greg Taylor who was taking charge of the huddle in the absence of the, the captain, Callum McGregor. That tells you how far Greg Taylor has advanced yeah. in his Celtic career. Uh, go on then, Mark. Quickly, give us your VAR take. Oh, it was a shambles, but apart from that, I think they're all missing the point. I, I think they missed the point, especially well, Kenny knows the point. Kenny's just kidding on it. There wasn't a handball, but I'll, I'll let him after that for a minute. The, the biggest mistake was on the part by the referee, other than Steve McLean, to advise him not to go to the VAR machine. I mean, surely the conversation must have been had where he said to him, ah, it's apparently, it's not apparently. But the decision's got to be made by the referee on the park. He's got to go to that monitor. And that's the thing a lot of folk are missing here. It wasn't the fact that it was decided that it wasn't apparently. I can I can stomach that a wee bit. I can kind of get my head doing that, right? But what I can't get my head doing is the fact that that is a very important decision. The man in the middle of the park is the man who makes the decision. It's how it's got to be in the back page of the papers if it goes wrong. Mm-hmm. He's, going, he's going to go over to that TV I mean, I, I've seen a lot of stuff on TV, a lot of stuff online, slagging guys like uh, John Hartson, etc. for having pretty out there uh, um, positions on it. And that's up to them. But I think what's annoying me there is the fact that we've got people, I'm just going to say it like this, Rangers minded people saying, look, uh, it wasn't a handball, it was the motion of the guy's body. I mean, it's a natural position for a goalkeeper. It's not a natural position for a defender to lift his horns when the ball comes to him. I think that's a nonsense, guys. Well, I mean, there's a lot in there. Um, I mean, Roger, you're with you being a big Air United minded man. Uh, I'll, I'll leave you out of this for now. Um, Kenny, are you missing the point? No, no, I'm not missing the point. The point is, I don't think it was a penalty. The point, Mark, is also that the reason he never got called to the monitor was because the referees who were watching it in the VAR studio didn't think it was a penalty either. So they didn't think uh, the referee needed to check the monitor and they felt that his decision was correct. So he's only going to go to that monitor if they're telling him, we think you've made a mistake, you need to go check. So clearly the referee and the VAR referees didn't think it was a penalty. Mm. That's why he never went and checked the monitor. So it's th- that that's the point, you know. Yeah, I mean, because Mark, I, I see where you're coming from and it's like everybody's split, not everybody, but lots of people are split on this but ultimately Nick Walsh did make the decision he decided it wasn't a penalty and then when the VAR Stephen McLean looks at that 
He's just backing it up and saying, well, I think you're right. So then he's never going to go over to the monitor, is he? Well, I think the way it goes is you let you let play go on. So it so if he blows the whistle, then it's then then he has to refer mm-hmm. to VAR. So same as the first penalty, which should have been a penalty straight away, in my opinion. But you let the play go on, then you refer back to it. So yeah, but only if you think a mistake's been made, or if you think it is one that he needs to look at. And quite simply, Stephen McLean didn't, and Nick Walsh made the original call. Just because he didn't blow the whistle straight away, didn't actually mean. That he 100% didn't think it was a penalty I mean I find the rest of his performance for Hearts and Celtic was shocking the other day there Let's, let's get one thing right The two penalty kicks Hearts got were, were stonewall penalties It was actually uh, in the 95th minute there was, I know it sounds a bit petty But it was an offside call in the last minute It was about four yards onside And that's no just Which one Mark? No just, Which one? Abada from Joe Hart's goal kick? Yeah Have you seen the wide angle of that Mark Because I've got bad news for you Leila Bada is definitely offside When Joe Hart kicks that ball Well listen It must be something But this is what social media does I've seen it I've seen it myself I've seen the clip right I've seen Joe Hart kick the ball And Abada's not even in the shot But then of course By the time Abada gets the ball It looks like he's comfortably onside And everyone's sharing it And everyone's Causing a big song and dance And now If you go back on social media You will see a wide angle From that stand On the main stand and when Joe Hart kicks it, a bad is offside. Is that fair enough, mate? I mean, I'm just picking the the isolated incidents. But and you know, I don't I don't actually blame Mark for that, Roger, because that's that's human nature. But it does just show you the world in which we live at the moment, and the way social media can can impact things. Oh, without a doubt, um, and that's why you know, go back to one of the earlier corners. I think we owe it to the officials, be it a referee or a bar or whoever. We need to put our trust in them That they have got it right You know, we shouldn't need to go and consult social media There shouldn't be a demand for the lines to be there Although I understand why there is I mean, guys are sending me iPhone pictures with rulers drawn up Like, because that's more trustworthy than the VAR line Yeah I mean, I don't know where we go from there If that's your starting point If that's the lens through which you're going to view things That's football 2022, Gordon In the days of social media Thanks Mark, it was nice to catch up with you Mark in Deacon's Bank Let's bring in uh, Paul on the line Paul, you're a Rangers fan How's th- How are things at the moment, dare I ask? <laughs> not not great, let's just put it that way uh, There's a, f- a few other words I could say But um, I disappointing, just basically obviously the year we've had The Europa League run and everything else But I suppose I just wanted to get you a few points in this Particularly like... Um, Kenny be an ex-pro and everything else like that. Um, I, I don't. I've not heard a lot of um, journalists or, or pundits kind of saying about um, the style of play that from Brockhurst playing. Fair enough. I heard Kenny saying that it's a bit like low energetic and all that type of stuff. But I mean, doing a wee bit of research and, and you, you know, maybe he's not not about that anyway. But during his time at Feyenoord, um, Gio's time there, employed the horseshoe system. Um, and if you look at the mechanics of that system, it's probably one of the most dullest systems you can get. And I don't know why you can employ that with Rangers. I know the whole idea behind it is to break teams down, but it's obviously not working. And I think the players that we've got were, were purchased through Gerard. You know, and they, 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 they worked with his system and worked really well. Um, and now you're trying to change that, and it's not working. So the only way I can see it is, I don't think it's going to improve. I don't think it is going to change. Um, he's kind of shown that That he's quite Stubborn in his decisions you know, It took him ages to, to realise That Sands shouldn't have been Playing at centre back And Davis should have been in there I mean As a punter I said that 
ages ago um, before he, he made that decision. Um, he chops and changes the team. I don't know, you can't, you can't name the Rangers team. You can't name the midfield. It changes every single week. You can have a, a star player like Stephen Davis, for instance, and then gets dropped tonight's game. It, it baffles me. I, I, honestly, I've been a Rangers fan for a long time. And the style of football we are playing, I, I haven't seen anything worse. Honestly, you could go back to like when you're, at least we, we pushed, we probed and everything else. The amount of times we passed between a centre-back to left-back, to left-back to right-back, uh, honestly, it bores the life right out of me. Let me put that to the guys, Paul, because we're a bit short on time and I think you cover a lot of very good points that your fellow fans might be agreeing with. And maybe some they disagree, Kenny. No, I don't think anybody's disagreeing with that at the moment. It's it's hard. It's a hard watch. You know, it's uh, players are struggling. You know, they're struggling with confidence. They're struggling with belief. I think the reason Giovanni's changing so much is because the Champions League's throwing up real heavy defeats. And as a manager, you probably feel you need to make a. There needs to be a reaction. That reaction might be playing other people. I also feel because of the level of performance is so low at the moment that he's searching. He's searching for the right partnerships. He's searching for the right. Uh, answer to try and find a bit of energy to the attack a bit of movement a bit of creativity words that have been used a lot over the over the course of just even this show and obviously injuries don't help lack of form current players which we've talked about a million times already their own personal contractual situations as well there's so much going into it at the moment you know what that that's all excuses you have to find a way yeah. now of improving things and you know i would like like, is it time for Giovanni to go? Is it no time for him to go? The club need to make a decision. If they feel Giovanni's the right man, irrespective of what's going on at the moment, then they back him and Get the ready stage. to improve that squad in January. Correct. And if they don't, then they need to act accordingly. Because it's, that's what it mm. is. It's results. They don't, it's, it's, up, it's about Giovanni now. Is he the right man? Uh, thank you, Paul. Some interesting stuff. Hopefully we'll do it more at length next time. I need to squeeze this in before we go any further. Super Scoreboard European football coverage with MoyerAndSweeney.com The top team for your defence Ah, the things these Champions League nights do to us We're back with an extended show tomorrow night until 11pm And then again on Wednesday Great fun, lots to get through I'm sure on the two big games uh, against Shakhtar Donetsk and Napoli respectively And a lot of this is thanks to Moyer and Sweeney Litigation Our sponsors of European football coverage They're giving you the chance to win a 60 inch Samsung 4K Ultra HD TV If you go to Clyde1.com you can find out more about them They do offer high quality representation for everyone throughout Scotland You can enter there as well for your chance to win the TV So thanks again to Moyer and Sweeney Litigation Number one for football in Glasgow and the West 0141 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Kenny Miller and Roger Hanna are about to be joined by Fraser a Rangers fan on the line let me very quickly check in on this teaser we're very busy tonight so we'll just quickly skip through it we're looking for the five most recent Rangers players and five most recent Celtic players non-Scots to score a goal against a top five league opponent so you've got Arfield did it against Liverpool Novo have to go way back to Livorno for the last time against an Italian team. Uh, Aribo against Frankfurt, obviously, in the final. Celtic, you've got Edward against AC Milan. Jota. Uh, against Leipzig. Leipzig. Yep, well done. You two are what good at these. I knew you'd... Uh, what about John Lundstrom? Against mm, no. the semi-final against Germany. Because Rebo's outdone oh, with the... It's each of the five yeah, countries. Yeah, yeah, one each, yep. Oh, right, right, right. right. Okay, okay. Lafferty, Spain. Real. Yes, well done. Oh, speaking of Spain, eh, Betis. Tough. 
Tough that one Would If you admit I'll be in a jetty No It's not I mean he's still there but, and he, Was it penalty Juranovic Yes There we go Okay we'll try and get the rest Before the end um, Right let's bring in Fraser Who's a Rangers fan What's your point tonight Fraser uh, Hi panel Right So What I want to say is uh, Rangers played Against St Merman 1-4-0 And They played uh, Celtic played And get bet 2-0 Rangers played Hearts and won four nil, and Celtic won four three. They thought they won the World Cup, uh, the European Cup since nineteen sixty seven again. <laughs> so what I would like to say is, see everybody thinks Gio should get the sack. Uh-huh. I, I, I think that's absolutely that's terrible. No, I mean give him a chance. We'll get it back together again. There's a lot of in- injuries, everything else, but you've got to give the man a, a chance. You can't just sack a, a manager, this, that, and everything else. And yeah, I mean, Roger, I wouldn't, I wouldn't give too much weight to what Celtic did against St Mirren versus what Rangers did against St Mirren and then Hearts again. You know, I'm not sure that's the best way to judge. How one team stacks up against the other Well Rangers in the Scottish Cup last year Started off winning 3-0 at Annan And, and Pollock had beaten Annan 1-0 after 5 minutes Great So header. where would that place Rangers against Pollock We have to ask um, Do we? No <laughs> Listen Giovanni Van Bronckhorst is going to be like any other manager He is eventually going to be judged by results If results improve If Rangers And, and I'm not too troubled about Napoli And Ajax and the rest of the Champions League group if Rangers get to the World Cup break, still just four points behind Celtic, or perhaps even closer to Celtic, then Giovanni van Bronckhorst, I think, will get the chance after the break for the World Cup to mount a title push. I think if Rangers lose much more ground than Celtic, and there are a lot of callers like the callers at the top of the show, Gordon, then Giovanni van Bronckhorst, as he admitted himself at the weekend, is going to be mm. feeling the heat. How does it work this week? Kenny, because we've we've busted that myth, right, about Europe being completely separate. It's just simply not in the eyes of some of the Rangers fans because part of this mood at the moment is because of the number of goals Liverpool scored. It just obviously is. So Napoli are on their best winning run since I think Maradona was at the club in the 80s. They are top of Serie A. They're absolutely flying. They've spanked Liverpool. They've came to Ibrox and won 3-0. How much does Giovanni Van Bronckhorst need to worry about not only the, the defeat, if it is one on Wednesday, but the size of that defeat? This is the point I'm trying to make. Within the football club, they know what's coming on Wednesday night. They know they're going to be facing a, a team that are absolutely the peak of their powers at the moment, who, by the way, are not only beating Rangers well, they've beat yeah, Liverpool absolutely. and they've beat Ajax well, and they're flying in the domestic league. So they need to understand what they're facing. And irrespective of that result... You know, what you want to see is a better performance. You know, you want to be able to compete more. But you are, there's a good op- good chance that Rangers will lose that game. Saturday, however, is a must win. You have mm-hmm. to beat Aberdeen. Like Roger says, you cannot fall any further behind Celtic in the league. So it is an absolute must win. Playing an Aberdeen team that are seem to be going the right way under Jim Goodwin, you know everything that comes along with that rivalry. That's where it goes. I just think the Champions League, I said it last week, Rangers, Giovanni and the players can't wait to see the back yet. 
and focus on the domestic action. And I think Roger's right. If if Rangers get to the break, still four points or yeah. or better off closer to Celtic, then I think Giovanni will at least have the next games after the after the mm-hmm. break to go and try and win the league back. Do you think that's doable in the eyes of the fans if the defeats are you know a proper heavy one though? Yeah, I think you're right. You know, Rangers lose Rangers lose two 0 maybe even three 0 on Wednesday night. You say, look, you know what? We we know the way the Champions League is. Forget it. Move on. Right, Aberdeen. If it was to get to Liverpool territory, and I'm not saying it will, Rangers fans can keep that separate in their head. No, they can't keep it separate because they don't want to see their team suffering like that and facing really, really heavy defeats like that. But oh, you know, I think see if you're playing against a team like Napoli who are really, really at it and they're looking good, and there's not a lot you can do. I just think the Liverpool game because of how previous performances have been. Yeah, it's not just about the the, the, the scoreline. It was about the approach of the players mm-hmm. on the night. Right, we'll have to leave it there. Thanks, Fraser. 01419511025 for tomorrow. Right, you two, you've got a couple more in this teaser. Patrick Roberts. Against? Man City. Yes, there That's we go. Well done, well done. Who did you say they had one goal was against? AC Milan. AC Milan. So mm-hmm. we're looking for a team against are we, French opposition. Are we back to Leon for Rangers? Yes. Is it Beasley? It is Beasley, well done. Oh, and the last Celtic class. one is against French opposition. PSG, no, nobody PSG. No, yeah, more recently. I think they did. They, they did score against one against PSG. Yeah, I think, Brown, but, was it not? Um, anyway, you've, it, it's more recent. It's the. Oh, it's the Lille. Uh, the Europa yep. League game. Lille, Lille. yes. Abada. No, <laughs> it's the <laughs> anniversary of this guy's famous goal against Lazio, I think. But this one was against Lille. Olivier No, the other one. He's countryman. Oh. Oh, Julian Christopher Julian There we go We got there in the end Thank you Kenny Thank you Roger We could have extended the show to midnight And that's midnight tomorrow Um, But luckily We've got a five hour special for you tomorrow With Celtic against Shakhtar Donetsk And building up to Napoli Rangers as well So make sure you join us then It's been great to have your company tonight Johnny Campbell's up next And as I say Mark and Gordon back in the hot seats from six tomorrow